Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. Amen. Leviticus chapter 15, beginning at verse number 25. And when you have it, won't you say, I got it. Amen. If you don't have a Bible, we brought one to you. It's on the screen in front of you. Hear the word of the Lord at verse 25. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says, now, if a woman has a discharge of her blood many days, not at the period of her menstrual impurity, or she has a discharge beyond that period, all the days of her impure discharge, she shall continue as through in her as though in her menstrual impurity, she is unclean. Everybody say unclean. Any bed on which she lies all the days of her discharge shall be like her bed at menstruation and everything on which she sits shall be unclean like her uncleanliness at that time. Likewise, whoever touches them shall be unclean. Everybody say unclean. And shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And when she becomes clean from her discharge, she shall count off for herself seven days. And afterwards, she will be clean. Then on the eighth day, she shall take for herself two turtle doves or two young pigeons and bring them into the priest to the doorway of the tent of meeting. And the priest shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. So the priest shall make atonement on her behalf before the Lord because of her impure discharge. Everybody say, wow. Turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to begin reading at verse number 25. We just read uh, the law, the Levitical law, about how a woman should handle herself if she has an issue of blood. Okay? Mark chapter 5, verse 25, introduces us to one such woman who started her menstrual cycle and it never stopped. Verse 25. It says, a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years... And had endured much at the hands of many physicians and spent all she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. And after hearing about Jesus, she came into the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I could just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she had been healed of that affliction. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around into the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see this crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this, but the woman fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened inside of her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, notice now in verse 25, she's woman. In verse 34, she's daughter. And he says 
to this woman who has become a daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. I want to preach for a little while using as a subject, get to Jesus. Get to Jesus. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Get to Jesus. Uh, if, if you've been around here for any length of time, one thing that you will find out unequivocally is that I am a Jesus person. And if you're going to be around us, we are Jesus people. But it's not just because being a Jesus person is the end thing to do. I'm not a Jesus person because being a Jesus person will make me popular. I'm not a Jesus person because being a Jesus person makes life easy. But I'm a Jesus person because I've discovered that can't nobody, y'all ain't gonna help me this morning, do me like Jesus. That in a world of disappointments, in a world where people will let you down, in a world where you will bring your problems to doctors and lawyers and CPAs, and they cannot help you get out of the mess you are in. I've discovered that if you bring your problems to the Lord, Jesus has the power to heal you from any situation that you find yourself in. And that's why I showed up at church this morning. It's not because I'm the pastor. It's not because this is my church. It's not because there's nothing better that I could do with my time. I showed up to church this morning because I believe that if I make contact with Christ, Christ has the power to turn my situation all the way around. And I believe that there's somebody in the building today that can identify with that feeling. You came here today because you have a situation going on in your life that mama cannot fix daddy can't see you through your friends cannot help you with uh, 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 the people that give you advice are not able to help you see your way through it but somehow or another you believe that if you made contact with Jesus if you brought your situation to him he would make everything alright as a matter of fact I believe that even right now at the beginning of the message I've got some witnesses in the building who can testify that I was dealing with some impossible situations and I brought those situations to the Lord and when I brought them to Jesus he made everything all right okay y'all ain't gonna help me this morning but is there anybody here that can look back over the narrative of your life and remember the days when you thought you weren't going to be able to make it when you thought you weren't going to be able to recover when you thought you weren't going to be able to see your way through when you thought that you were going to give up on life and on living when you thought that you your marriage was over when you thought that you'd be single for the rest of your life when you thought that your credit was going to keep you from getting that house that car your resume was going to keep you from getting that job and that degree but you took everything you had to Jesus and even though you brought broken pieces to God God found a way to help you make it on those broken pieces is there anybody here who knows that if you get your situation to Jesus Jesus will make everything all right and whether you know it or not beloved that is what's happening in 
our text, the Bible lets us know in Mark chapter 5 that there is a man by the name of Jairus. Jesus has just crossed over the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. And when he gets to the other side of the sea, the Bible says that a ruler of the synagogue, Jairus by name, comes to him and tells him that his daughter is at the point of death. And so he asks the Holy One to make a house call. And when the Holy One makes a house call, everybody is interested to see what happens. So the Bible says that Jesus, Jairus, and an enormous crowd are walking to Jairus' house. But the Bible lets us know that while Jairus is trying to get a miracle for his daughter, Mark inserts an intruder into this particular passage of scripture. And the intruder in verse 25 is a woman with an issue of blood. You missed it. This story doesn't start off being about the woman. This story starts off being about Jairus. This story starts off being about somebody else's issue. But how many of you know that when you come to God, it's never really about you? God was orchestrating a situation through Jairus to get a miracle for somebody else. God help me. Can I tell you that's why it's important that you come to church every week? It's not about you and your breakthrough and your miracle, but sometimes God uses you to create an atmosphere. God help me. That will help somebody else get blessed. That's why you can't habitually miss church because there is somebody depending on you meeting with God because it creates an atmosphere, Lord help me, where other people can get blessed. And if we could get some people to understand that sometimes you're coming to Jesus not for yourself, but you're coming to Jesus for somebody else. God help me. Somebody needs your praise. Somebody needs your worship. There is somebody who's afraid to lift their hands that needs to see you with your hands lifted. There's somebody that doesn't have the faith to tie that needs to see you put your offering in that basket. There is somebody that doesn't have the courage to serve that needs to see you greeting them at the door. Jairus came to Jesus, but it wasn't for him. It was to create an atmosphere for this woman. The Bible says that this woman now in verse 25 has an issue of blood and the issue of blood has been going on for 12 years. Something natural happened. But it took an unnatural turn. And when it took an unnatural turn, what should have only lasted days ended up lasting 12 years. And there is isolation that takes place because Leviticus says that when a woman is bleeding she is unclean so she has been isolated from her people from her culture from her place of worship for 12 years she has an issue that only God is able to fix. But she can't come to God because she's unclean. And before we start judging the woman for her issue of blood, all of us have issues that make us unclean. God help me. Hers was an issue of blood, but yours might be an issue of lust. 
Hers was an issue of blood, but yours might be an issue of gossip. Hers was an issue of blood. Yours might be an issue of self-righteousness. Hers was an issue of blood. Yours might be an issue of promiscuity. Hers was an issue of blood. Yours might be an issue of drunkenness. But we all have issues that make us unclean. And the problem with religion is religion identifies our issues but then creates barriers that keep us from getting to the only one with the power to fix our issues. Because if God is the only one that can help her, then why does Leviticus say that she's prevented from coming into the presence of God until she's clean? It's because religion creates barriers that block you from getting your issue to Jesus. Because religion says, I got to clean up before I come to God. I've got to get myself together. I've got to work on myself. I've got to fix it first. I've got to find out how to fake it through a worship service without crying. I've got to figure out how to see my ex in public without tripping. I've got to figure out how to see them people in church that talked about me without cussing. I've got to find out how to come to church without liquor on my breath and without weed on my clothes and without illicit sex on my body. I've got to figure out how to get myself together because religion says stay away when you're unclean. Religion keeps you unclean when you're unclean. But there is a difference between religion and the gospel because while religion says stay away until you fix it, the gospel says that there is a savior who is not intimidated by your unclean condition. Come here, let me preach to you. There is a man named Jesus that is not intimidated or disgusted by the fact that you are unclean. As a matter of fact, he loves the fact that you're unclean because it is your uncleanness that allows him to demonstrate his cleansing power. Who am I preaching to in the building? Is there anybody here who knows that though your sin were like scarlet. God help me. He made you white as snow. Do I have a witness anywhere in the building that knows he'll make you clean inside? Come on, let's have church for a minute. Are there any cleansed people in the house? Do you know that he will take your promiscuity, your sleeping around, your adultery, your liquor drinking, your clubbing, your nastiness, your gossiping, your lying, and he'll turn your life all the way around. I'm not preaching to people who have always been perfect, but I'm preaching to some people that if you played back the soundtrack of your life, it wouldn't all be amazing grace. Come on. Oh, God, is there anybody here who can say, I'm embarrassed about some places that I came from, but the Lord made me clean. And stop being ashamed of your unclean condition because Christ does not care how unclean you are. He'll make you clean. He'll make you clean inside. So this woman, she comes to Jesus. She comes into the press behind him. And she says, I know I got something going on, Mike, but if I could just touch, Lord, help me. Uh, the hem of his garment, I'm sorry, that's the King James. Uh, if I could just touch his clothes. When we say the hem of his garment, 
it creates for us an incorrect mental picture of what's happening. Because how many of us have seen paintings of the woman with the issue of blood crawling on the ground? But that's not what happened. Middle Eastern culture would have not allowed a woman to crawl on her knees in that culture. The hem of his garment were actually the tassels of what the Hebrews call the talit or the prayer shawl that the rabbi wore. So the Hebrew talit was on his shoulders. And she said, if I could just touch a piece of the garment of intercession, God help me, I'll be made whole. God help me. Notice now, she didn't say, if I touch him, I'll be made better. Because you can be better and not be whole. God help me. And is there anybody here who's mastered the art of getting better? God help me. Uh, it don't make you cry anymore. Don't start an argument anymore because you've gotten better. But deep on the inside, it still hurts. Is there anybody here who can say, I don't want to be better. I want to be whole. God help me. Uh, when I'm whole, I get off of social media looking for attention. When I'm whole, I stop settling for men who I don't, who I shouldn't be dating and who shouldn't deserve my time and my attention. When I'm whole, I stop trying to prove myself to people who don't matter. When I'm whole, I stop sitting at churches that don't invest in my talent and my potential and my destiny. When I'm whole, I stop entertaining family members who are toxic. When I'm whole, my life changes. And church has gotten us to the place where we're coping. We're better, but we're not whole. And is there anybody here who can say, I believe like this woman, that if I can make contact with him, he won't just make me better. He will make me whole. The woman now, y'all mind if I work the text for a moment? The woman now is dealing with an issue that is imposed upon her by the culture. She has a decision to make. She's got to decide whether or not she's going to obey the rules of religion or whether she's going to press her way and get to Jesus. Because church rules say not only should you not touch Jesus? You should let your issue keep you in the house. Huh. Y'all missed it? The text says, Leviticus 15, 19 through 30, says that when you have an issue, you are not allowed to leave your house. As a matter of fact, if you leave your house while the issue is going on, Everything you come in contact with is now unclean. And if there is an emergency and you got to leave your house, like the house is on fire and you got to get out, when you step out into the street, the first thing you do before you say, help, my house is on fire, is you yell out, unclean. You got to announce your issue. But not so that somebody can help you. But you got to announce your issue, watch it, so that people can stay away from you. God help me. And how many times have we come to churches, to so-called accountability partners, 
and announced our issues, thinking that transparency would help us. But instead, they use our issue as an excuse to stay away from us. God, help me. You tell one person what you and your wife are going through. You tell one person what you did last weekend. You tell one person what you messed around and did when you were in college. And now everybody is acting crazy with you because you thought that transparency would get you a friend. But in actuality, they're treating you crazy because you're unclean. But the woman in her unclean condition, the text says in verse 27 something that blows my mind she's unclean she's been dealing with it for 12 years she's been hearing about religion but in verse 27 it says she heard about Jesus God help me oh Lord uh, she's in an unclean situation she's in a situation that should leave her isolated. But somehow or another, God managed to get a word to this woman about Jesus. And I don't know what kind of situation you're in, but I want you to know that there is no situation too dirty where God can't get a word to you. God help me. Because when you hear about Jesus, something should happen on the inside of you that activates your faith. God help me. I got to go here again to make sure you understand what I'm saying. That's why you can't afford to miss church, beloved. Because you got to hear a word about Jesus that will speak to your situation. There is nothing going on in your life that the cross of Calvary cannot address. And you got to make sure that you're connected to a house that's not just telling you about Daniel and the lion's den. That's not just preaching to you through Colossians and through Mark and Matthew but you got to be in a house that's speaking a word about Jesus directly to your situation that lets you know that God cares about your depression and God cares about your marriage and he cares about your children and he cares about your career and he cares about your loneliness and he cares about your singleness and he cares about everything concerning you the woman had an issue but her issue didn't keep her from getting a word and is there anybody here who loves God because no matter what you're in he will always get a word to you and when she heard the word the word told her she had to get to Jesus I got to quit uh, so then she comes to Jesus there's just a few things I see in the text first of all she comes to Jesus we know the story she comes to Jesus, touches the garment, and she's made whole. She touches the garment. She's made whole. But one thing I see, the first thing I see in the text is the reason why I got to get to Jesus is because when I get to Jesus, it doesn't matter how long I've been in my unclean condition because what I've dealt with for years I can be delivered from in an instant. God help me. Uh, uh, notice now the chronological order of the text. Mark, John Mark does not say this by mistake. He says she's dealt with it for 12 years. But the first verse of verse 29 tells us how quickly she was relieved of her condition. Notice now Jesus did not say take two of these and call me in the morning. 
Jesus didn't tell her to go bathe in the Jordan River. The Bible says she dealt with it for 12 years. And then immediately, God helped me. What was leaking stopped. God helped me. Oh, Lord, I, I need you to understand. Some of you don't feel like you can be healed immediately because you've been dealing with something for so long. But God wants you to know that no matter how long you've been in a situation, when God says it's over, it's over. God, help me. I don't care how long it took mom and them to get out of it. And I don't care how long it took your cousins and them to get out of it. I, I don't care how long it's been in your bloodline. But God says, when I say it's over, the cycle is broken. And is there anybody here who believes that God is going to give you a Suddenly, God, help me. Oh, Lord, I'm believing God that 2019 is going to be the year of suddenly. God is going to break some stuff off of us. God is going to break some chains off of us. God is going to open up some doors for us. And if you believe it, I dare you to open up your mouth and declare suddenly. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long you've been in it. Because what you've dealt with for years... You can be delivered from in an instant. <laughs> God can deliver you from it. Lord, have mercy. Immediately, God, help me. I, I don't know uh, who I'm preaching to. I, I don't know who this word is for, but the Lord just told me to tell somebody uh, that because you reached out, God, help me, and touched him in worship. When you get home, that thing that you were dealing with is going to be dried up. I, I, I don't know what's been leaking in your life. I, I don't know what you've been going through in your life, but God said that leaking thing, that discharging thing, that slow leak in your life, that slow leak on your bank account, God said it's getting ready to dry up suddenly. So he, she says, she says, look, I got to get to Jesus. And it doesn't matter how long I've been dealing with it because God can deliver me from something that's taken me years in an instant. Uh, but then notice, it doesn't matter who let me down before I get to Jesus. Doesn't matter who disappointed me before I get to Jesus. Because the disappointment was a setup. So that I could receive divine assistance. God help me. Uh, look at what it says. Verse 26. And had endured much at the hands of many, many physicians. You know what's interesting when you read your Bible, cross-reference this story in the book of Luke. Luke himself is a physician and so he leaves out this particular note that the woman had seen many doctors. Because Luke is biased towards his medical profession. So he does not include the, the fact that she saw many doctors, but the Bible says in the book of Mark that she saw many physicians and instead of getting better after spending all she had, she grew worse. The implication of the text is that at one point, Monique, she was a woman of great means and great wealth, but she depleted her wealth in her search for healing. And after depleting all of her wealth, seeing all of these doctors trying experimental medications and supernatural healing and natural food and eating clean and grapeseed oil and black seed oil. The Bible says that she didn't get better. She grew worse. And she was disappointed because she thought that Spending her money would make her better. 
but it didn't help her. She got worse. But the thing I love about God is God specializes in succeeding where other people have let you down. God, help me. God specializes. God, help me. Oh, God. My, my sister, my sister Rachel, uh, the middle child, uh, she's a singer. Uh, all, all of my sisters are, are singers. Uh, my two older sisters, much better singers uh, than I am. Uh, and they, my sister Rachel, before my daddy would preach, she'd sing a song, an old song. I know y'all are millennials, uh, most of you in here. Uh, y'all probably don't know this song, but she'd sing, Have You Any Rivers That Seem Uncrossable? Have You Any Mountains You Can't Seem to Tunnel Through? Well, God specializes in things that seem impossible and he will do, this is the part I like, what no other power, Holy Ghost power, God help me, can do. And is there anybody here who's been disappointed by people, but you discovered that God specializes, Lord help me here, in things that seem impossible. And sometimes God will allow people to let you down in love so that you can find out he's the lover of your soul. Sometimes he'll allow people to let you down in friendship so that you can discover that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Sometimes God will allow people to let you down when you need their help financially so that you can learn that the Lord will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and I came to tell somebody that you might be disappointed in life but the disappointment was a setup so God could help you all by himself so that when you could come out of your situation you wouldn't have to give nobody the glory but God Lord help me mama couldn't do it daddy couldn't help me the doctor couldn't heal me the lawyer couldn't get the case closed but everything yeah that was good that happened to me God did it is there anybody here who can say God did it for me God help me God did it for me everything that happened to me that was good God did it so the woman she's pressing to get to Jesus and she's teaching us now, okay, it don't matter how long I've dealt with this situation because God has the power to bring me out right away. Then, Kenny, she tells us, doesn't matter who disappointed me before I got to Jesus because the disappointment was a setup so I could receive divine assistance but can I tell you what really shouts me about the text what really shouts me is this persistence to press will put you at the front of the line even when church folks say it's not your turn God help me Lord help me you missed it because if you got it you would have shouted look what she says uh, the story doesn't start off being about the woman it's Jairus's turn for a miracle. Jairus is the religious man. He's the church goer. He's the ruler of the synagogue. He's an elder in the Lord's church. And the preacher's daughter is at the point of death. But the Bible says that because the woman presses, her press puts her at the front of the line. Even though Jairus says, 
I got here first. Lord, help me. I, I don't know who I'm preaching to. I, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but there's somebody in the building now who's been overlooked, who's, who's been let down, who, who, who church folk have told you to get to the back of the line and to wait your turn, and you ain't been saved long enough. You don't know enough church lingo. You don't come from the right family. You don't have the right pedigree. You don't know enough scripture. You don't know enough church songs. Get to the back of the line. But God says that if you press, Lord, help me, oh, the last will become first. God, help me. Is there anybody here who knows that you serve a God who doesn't identify with the rich and the wealthy, but he's on the side of the least, the lost, and the left out? That God won't let you stay at the back of the line forever, but if you decide to be like the woman and press and declare, if I could just touch. Oh, I know I don't deserve it, but if I could just touch. Oh, I got the smell of last night's sexual encounter on my body. I got liquor on my breath. I still smell like Hennessy. I got a blunt in my pocket. I got the lighter in the other pocket, but if I could just touch. Oh, God, I come from mental illness and depression and anxiety, but if I could just touch. And while religious people say, take folk with issues like that and put them at the back, God says, that's who I came for in the first place. I didn't come just for the choir director and for the person that works in ministry. I didn't come for the person who just speaks in tongues, but I came for the person that's jacked up, but says, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Is there anybody here who can testify I'm coming to God and he's going to make me first? He's going to make me first. Oh God, the woman didn't say I've got to press. God help me. And the press now is what qualifies her to be blessed even when Jesus seems like he's on his way to somebody else's house. Oh God. And I dare somebody don't let the look. God help me. Let me tell y'all something. Uh, uh, the woman now has enough faith in the healing power of Jesus to not allow the direction that it looks like God is going to stop her from requesting a miracle for herself. Some of us will see something happening for somebody else and treat God like he don't have enough godness to bless us and somebody else. But can I tell you something that I learned from my children? I got the beggingest, snack-eatingest children in the entirety of the world. I, I know some of y'all think y'all got some begging kids, but, but my kids got a begging anointing on their life. I mean, they, they, they beg. My kids beg. Uh, uh, but, but can I tell you something about my children uh, that blesses me? If I give one of my children something, they don't get mad and run off in the corner. They come and ask daddy, daddy, since you gave Jew some Cheez-Its, some goldfish, some Capri Sun, some Hawaiian punch, can you give me some of what you gave Junior? Now they never stop to think that maybe I gave Junior the last corner of the drink. They don't stop to think maybe I gave Junior the last little bag of Cheez-Its. But for some reason, they believe that if daddy had enough to give Junior some, and I'm in the house, he doesn't love me any less than he loves my brother. 
So while Junior is getting blessed, I can ask my daddy, Lord help me, y'all don't hear me, to give me something. And the woman says, you might be on your way to Jairus' house, but I believe there's enough power in your hymn to where you can bless me even while you're on your way to somebody else. Who am I preaching to in the building that says, wow, on others, thou art calling, do not pass me. I feel like preaching. I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, the woman says, look, persistence to press has the power to put me at the front of the line, even when church folks say it's not my turn. Uh, I'm going to come back to that. Uh, <laughs> come back to that in a minute. But then... The text also teaches us that restoration is not complete until I receive divine affirmation in the presence of the people where I was once rejected. <laughs> the reason why Jesus has the woman to press through the crowd is not because Jesus was unaware that the woman was coming. The reason why Jesus has the woman to press through the crowd is because affirmation always requires an audience. God help me. When God calls the woman in the midst of the crowd, the same people, the same community, the same city, the same church folk who knew her as being unclean had to stand in front of the Savior and hear the Savior change her name from unclean to daughter. God help me. Oh Lord. Some of y'all missed it because y'all want to shout over cars and clothes and money. But is there anybody here who can shout over the fact that they used to call you something but God getting ready to change your name? God help me. There was something that the crowd used to call you. They used to call you promiscuous. They used to call you loose. They used to call you fast. They used to call you managed. They used to call you a drunk. They used to call you stupid. They used to call you crazy. But God is getting ready to change your name. He says, daughter. Daughter, huh. no, 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 don't, don't get it twisted, crowd. Uh, no longer will she be identified as unclean, but she'll always be known as a daughter. Uh, I, I wouldn't do the text justice if I didn't exegetically treat this passage of scripture, Maya, he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Then he says, go in peace. That, that Greek word that John Mark uses for peace uh, uh, is a word, irony, uh, in the Greek. It is the same word that Paul uses in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, when he says, therefore, being justified by faith, we now have peace with God. Uh, it's not shalom, peace. It is not goodwill. It is not blessing. 
It is a statement that says the Lord who was once at war with you is now on your side. God help me. Uh, uh, that, that the God that was once doing battle with you because of your unclean condition is now obligated because you're his daughter to come to your aid. God, help me. Oh, God. And is there anybody here who can shout today because God gave you peace, which means you're now on the winning side. God, help me. I don't care what it feels like in this battle of your life. You might feel like you're losing, but if you are a son or a daughter, you've got peace with God. You're on the winning side. You better look at the devil and say, I don't care how bad it feels right now. I don't care how hard it looks right now. I don't care how depressed I get sometimes I know I'm on the winning side because he changed my name and gave me peace gave me peace with God so that was my introduction let me preach for five minutes verse 28 for she thought if I just touch his garments, I will get well. If I could touch, everybody say touch. The woman decides if I could make contact with Christ, he has the power to make me whole. So then the question becomes, Kenny, if wholeness is in the touch, if I got to touch Jesus to be made whole, the woman had an advantage then that I don't have. Because Jesus, John 1 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of God the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was walking physically in the body and the woman could walk upon him and touch him. But if healing is in the touch, Pam, how do I, in the 21st century, make contact with Jesus? There's got to be a way. If healing is in the touch and the touch is how I get whole, then God's got to give me a way to touch him. Mike, how, how do I touch him? Let me help you. At 9.04 a.m., when the music starts playing and the worship leader tells you to open up your mouth, he's not trying to get you to be his background singers. He's trying to teach you how to touch heaven. God, help me. Uh, worship is the way. God, help me. That the Christian makes contact with Christ. God, help me. Every time you lift your hands and open up your mouth and raise your hands to heaven and give God glory, you're making contact with Jesus. And I know some of y'all are looking at us crazy. You wonder, why do they sing so long? And why would he get up to preach? Does he get up and sing again? Didn't they just sing? I'm trying to give you an opportunity to get your issues fixed. Because if you stop waiting on some 
somebody to preach to you. God, help me. And spoon feed you baby food from behind the pulpit. And you learn how to reach up and touch him. God says he'll heal every issue. That's why you better not ever allow anybody to intimidate you out of your praise. Don't ever allow anyone to intimidate you out of your worship. I don't care how crazy it looks. You might look like you're irritating your neighbor. But look at him next to you and say, it's not about you. I'm trying to touch him. God, help me. Oh, God, if you got a praise right now, I dare you to look at your neighbor and say, excuse me. I'm just trying to touch him. I know I'm hollering. And I've been crying out all service. I know I've been screaming. I know you heard me speak in tongues. But I'm sorry. I'm just trying to touch him. I'm bleeding. I got a problem on the inside. But I'm trying to touch him. Is there anybody here who can say, I'm trying to touch God? Oh, God, is there anybody here who can say, I got to touch him? I need something from the Lord. If I could just get 5, 10, 15 people in the room to open up your mouth and shout out to heaven, reach out and touch him now.